Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on this Friday, this May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, which is fun, two-year anniversary uh, of that 2015 election, maybe less so. So some more time for your reflections on on where we're at here two years later and uh, what 2019 has in store, assuming that's when we go to the polls. 403-974-8255 is our number, 974-TALK. Look, we got a lot more to get to this afternoon, but I want to get next uh, to our guest here quickly because I think he's got some thoughts on the anniversary uh, of that election, some thoughts on where we go from here in 2019. And to talk a bit more about uh, what's happening on the unity front as far as Alberta conservatives are concerned, this is... Jason Kenny, of course, is a recently elected leader of Alberta's PC party. Mr. Kenny, welcome to the program. Good, good to be back, Rob. Thanks very much. All right. Now, today was, was uh, meant as a, a deadline of sorts to make some progress on a, a framework, a unity framework. So what, what was it hoped would be accomplished by today? Where, where are things at? Well, uh, Brian Jean and I met uh, uh, about six weeks ago, uh, as you know, after I was given a mandate uh, from the Progressive Conservative Party as leader, uh, to pursue uniting free enterprises into one party. So we met and appointed uh, a what's called a discussion group. You might call it a negotiating committee made up of uh, five people from both the PC and Wild Rose parties. They've had a number of meetings over the course of the past uh, six weeks uh, on developing what we would call a, an agreement um, that we can then put to the members of both parties for them to look at and hopefully ratify in democratic votes. Now, this is an agreement that would basically bring the two parties together into one uh, big, broad, free enterprise party. Uh, The negotiations have gone well. Uh, We're not quite over the finish line, but I think we're getting there. Well, can you comment any more on on what some of the remaining issues are, what's holding things up? Well, I'm not. Uh, I have never have it. I'm not going to start negotiating in public because that would just be counterproductive. But you can imagine that in putting together two uh, political organizations like this, it's a complex uh, challenge. There's a lot of um, legal issues uh, about how you bring the, bring it together, governance issues. You know, the rules of how the party runs its constitution and bylaws, uh, bringing caucus, the caucuses together, a statement of principles. Um, and the transitional measures, how you deal with finances. So these are the kinds of issues that the uh, discussion group has been working through. We've been trying, uh, at least on our side, to propose the uh, successful agreement that led to the Conservative Party of Canada merger back in 2003 as a kind of a useful template or, or reference point. But I, and so I think it's gone very well. The, the, the differences have narrowed uh, considerably, and I think we're getting close, but uh, we're not going to rush it uh, just to meet uh, um, you know, a self-imposed uh, uh, deadline. We, we just wanted, to, I always said it might go past six weeks, uh, but we wanted to, to uh, frankly put some pressure on the negotiating committee to get it done as soon as we reasonably can. Yeah, but I mean, as you proceed from your own perspective, do, do you have a good idea, a good understanding then of what kind of a mandate you're going to need and, and what kind of threshold there needs to be for support from your party's members? So, so what 
what I'm committed to is to hold a referendum where every single PC member gets a direct equal vote on whether or not to endorse this unity agreement. Uh, so we would probably have about uh, a couple of months for people to really get be able to sink their teeth into it, study it, ask questions about it, hold town halls and meetings around the province. Uh, ultimately, in our constitution, we can amend the PC constitution and, and the through a, what's called a special resolution with fit over 50% of the vote. So legally, that's uh, we only need 50%. Um, I would hope to get a, a higher number than that. Back in 2003, uh, the PC party endorsed the merger agreement that created the Conservative Party of Canada with 91% of the vote. So I'm ambitious uh, for as, uh, the biggest number that we can get, but ultimately it will be up to the members to decide. Well, and those members will have a say, ultimately, whether they support this or not. But what do you make of the fact that, I mean, we've seen, uh, I think, five board members now resign since uh, the, the leadership vote. What, what, what do you make of that? Of the PC party. Well, just to put yeah. that in perspective, the PC party is an enormous board of 50 people. And uh, a couple, at least a couple of those people have been planning on leaving for personal reasons. I know, uh, I think two did for health reasons. Um, but listen, I always expect, you know, Rob, from day one, I've said that... Um, uh, I expect that not every single person in the PC party is going to be happy with the direction that the members choose. Uh, and uh, I think we've, apparently we've, a couple of people have left because they, they don't want to, uh, they, either they disagree with the decision the members made in electing me as leader, or they don't want to let the members decide uh, the way forward on unity through a referendum. I thank them for their service. Uh, my own view on this, Rob, is that uh, the members should be ultimately in charge, not members of a board, or for that matter, the leader. And my whole effort here is just to get a proposal, a sensible proposal, that can stop the vote splitting, ensure the defeat of the NDP government with a, uh, a kind of a provincial version of the federal conservatives, and get that proposal before the members, let them decide. So inevitably, some people aren't going to be happy with that process, and um, that's, that's, uh, that's politics, that's life. Are you operating under the assumption that the next election is going to be in 2019? Or yes. you know, what do you make of this speculation there's been this week that maybe the NDP would consider an early election to get ahead of this merger process? I've never thought that was uh, at all likely um, because we're going to, if, if we get to an agreement and it's ratified, we'll have a united party uh, by the end of this year. Uh, I cannot imagine the NDP risking power uh, when they have a, they could legally go under the Constitution until May of 2020. You know, this is not a pragmatic government, Rob. This is an ideological government. Uh, they crave power and the opportunity it gives them to change Alberta. And if anything, I think it's more likely that the NDP will uh, move the election from its scheduled date of May 2019 into 2020. I don't see them risking one day in power if they don't have to. Uh, so you think maybe a later election is more likely? Uh, in my view, yes. Than an early election. Well, well would she could see that? Because, um, you know, despite the decisions they've made, uh, many controversial, I think there, there's a broad expectation that in the next couple of years in Alberta, we'll start to see some turnaround. We'll start to see some economic growth. Do you think that they will be able to claim credit for that? Do you think that will help them politically? Well, there's no doubt they'll try to if the economy uh, improves. But let's remember, this is the second anniversary of the NDP's election. And in that time, uh, we've lost 60,000 full-time jobs. Uh, we've gone from the lowest to the uh, uh, unemployment in Canada to the highest 
rate of unemployment outside of Atlantic Canada. There's 200,000 Albertans looking for work. They've imposed the largest tax increase in Alberta history, the carbon tax that they didn't mention in the last election campaign. They've scared away uh, billions of dollars in investment. I think Albertans understand this. This is partly why we have one of the deepest and and, uh, longest recessions in our history. It's not all about oil prices. We've had a stronger economy, lower unemployment, and a better fiscal situation at uh, $20 oil than we do today at $50 oil. and, and the energy sector is booming in many other parts of the world at the same oil prices in West Texas and Central Asia. So um, I don't think people are going to buy it. Uh, you know, the, the NDP's effort to, to spin any modest improvement in the economy as a result of, of higher taxes, massive regulations and scaring away investors is just not a credible argument. Well, true. But I mean, to that end, if we're going to pin some of the uh, economic negatives on them, does that not allow them to also take credit for the economic positives if well, they're they in can, charge? They can certainly try to. And, and uh, we'll just make the point that uh, um, that they've, they've made a bad situation worse. And I think the evidence supports that. But at the end of the day, Rob, you're making a point that, that they will be competitive in the next election. And on that, I agree with you. Uh, anybody who's wants to write off the NDP is making a big mistake. Uh, they, um, they're going to have every NDP organizer and all of the left-wing special interest groups across the country are going to pour thousands of paid activists into this province in 2018 and 19 to do everything they can to still the beating heart of free enterprise in Canada, which is Alberta, to, tur- to change the political culture of this province with a, sec- with a second NDP term. This is going to be one of the biggest fights for the Canadian left in its modern history. So that's why free enterprisers should not be relaxed about this. It's why we need uh, to, to come together in one party that can ensure uh, the defeat of the NDP. Well, there's a big election about to happen next door in B.C. Uh, we could see an NDP government there, which would be, I think, somewhat awkward for Premier Notley for a number of reasons. But are, are the stakes high in B.C.? Should Albertans be concerned? Yes, I think we should be concerned. I mean, obviously, it's, uh, you know, our... our uh, most of the products we export, or much of the products we export, go through the Pacific Coast, and it seems increasingly uh, that uh, the West Coast, as a uh, place for export, is becoming politicized. Uh, with uh, Premier Clark's uh, proposed ban on exporting coal, with the NDP's proposed uh, basically ban on exporting uh, oil and gas off the West Coast, so these are, these are issues that have huge a huge impact on our economy. I mean, look, I. I Personally, uh, I hope British Columbians decide to stay on the path of a free enterprise government. I don't agree with Christy Clark on everything, but at least they're open to um, just, you know, allowing oil and gas exports. And, and, and they're a fiscally responsible government. They're, they're, uh, so, uh, you know, I hope that they get reelected. But, but I'll tell you this, if the NDP comes into office in British Columbia, uh, you're going to say uh, the, the last time the NDP was office in British Columbia, it really helped the Alberta economy. I think that uh, Glenn Clark, Premier Glenn Clark, was nicknamed the Alberta uh, uh, Businessman of the Year because of all the uh, the damage he did to the BC economy. So anyway, well, it'll be up to British Columbians to decide. But uh, whoever the government is, I hope they're not going to try arbitrarily to put a ban on exporting legitimate products coming from Alberta and the rest of the country to Asian markets. Indeed. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Jason Kenny, appreciate making some time for us here today. Thanks for this. Thanks for the opportunity. All Cheers. right, take care. Jason Kenny, Alberta PC party leader. Some thoughts from him on where Unity Talks are at. Uh, so there was this six-week deadline. Today was the deadline. Uh, but as he said, maybe a bit of an artificial deadline 
it's not any kind of crisis that things are, are still being discussed. Uh, but I mean, it shows that it's not going to be easy, right? It, it is going to be a complicated merger if it is going to happen. But he remains optimistic that it will. Uh, and doesn't think that the NDP would dare try to preempt that process by calling an early election. Yeah, I mean, you got to think from an NDP perspective, I don't think there's any way they could get away with that early an election. And now is not the time. I think if they were to call an election now, uh, I don't think it would work out well for them. So I think Jason Kenney's probably right. It's in their best interest to wait until at least 2019, maybe depending on how things are going, maybe even wait another year, which technically they could do. Anyway, 403-974-8255. Back with more of your calls and your texts right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.